The room is filled with the warm, pleasant murmur of comedy and the stale remnants of filterless palm oil seeping from the yellowed walls. It is often my only moments of peace. Not that I needed the peace, but when you're a small child looking after a sick elderly man nearly 50 years your senior, you learn quickly what tired is, and you learn to take your breaks when you can. The low humming starts, often a golden classic tune of the hills or a raunchily versed remix of a popular country tune, always about scantily clad women or sex in general. This is how he woke from his naps. He would rest in the recliner like a child, a lined flannel shirt his swaddle, his thinning, baby-like hair cowlicked in every direction, further stiffened by a generous glop of pomade in a few days passing without a washing. What you think, he asks. What do you mean, I say. You okay? I think so, I say. He cracks a grin. You ready? Yes, sir. I never knew what I was ready for. I just went for the ride. He stands, removes his flannel, and brushes out the wrinkles of his button-up shirt, always two perfect sleeve rolls from the wrist. He removes his black comb from his rear pocket and brushes his hair, a perfect part on the right side. He presses his index, middle, and ring fingers from his right hand firmly down on top of his head, creating a precise three-finger wave every time. Help me with my loafers, will you? He says. I hop up and help him. He dances a small jig and wiggles his body and arms, a routine to warm up for whatever awaited us outside the doors of the tiny red and white mill house. We stop at the door, and he places his hand on my shoulder. He looks down at me with a large grin. I know what comes next, but I never know how it's going to be delivered. Some days, it comes in the form of a joke. Some days, a question. Most days, it's a story. Nothing in particular, but when I was four years old, I hadn't been alive long enough to understand that every story is particular, that every story in life has a meaning, a lesson. It was his way of teaching me of the life I had no clue existed ahead of me. I had no clue that over 30 years later that I'd still be discovering the meaning of the life carefully chosen in his words. I saw a dog out there the other day, he says. Beautiful dog. Had this white spot above one eye, a mud of some sorts. He was just passing along, minding his own business, not noticing a thing. He had his head hung low like he had his mind on something. I wonder what he had his mind on. I don't know, I say, as I open the door for us. We exit and lock the door behind us. I wonder if he knew either, he says. I reckon if he made it to where he was going. Probably, I say. Dogs usually always know where their homes are, don't they? We walk up Atlas Street, toward church, one of our regular streets walked. I reckon so, he says. I reckon they do. We turn the corner off Atlas and make our way up the little side street toward church, Red's curb mark and a beacon of rest a quarter of a mile up ahead. He looks forward and continues. But what if he doesn't know? I don't know, I say. I suppose he stays lost forever. That would be a shame, he says. Damn shame. It would be sad, I say. We walk a few hundred yards in complete silence. Then he says, I wonder what would happen if he just looked up. It seems almost like a senile thought to me. I shrug and we keep walking. He smiles and looks ahead. At Red's, he stands at the register and talks with the owner while I shop for a box of candy cigarettes, a pack of baseball cards, a pack of garbage pail kids, and a Dr. Pepper. I meet the men at the counter and unload my goodies. 
The owner looks up at my stash and says, Big spender, huh? It's worth every penny, my pawpaw says. What do I owe you? Buck twenty-five, the owner says. Throw in a coffin, you have a dill, Jack. I smile up at the old men, Goliaths of their age, sages of a simpler time that I will never know. The owner gives my pawpaw his freshly brewed folders in a small white styrofoam cup and puts all of my goodies into a brown paper lunch bag. Keep the change, buddy, my pawpaw says. Y'all take care, the owner says as we leave. Be particular out there, my pawpaw says. We leave and I think nothing of my pawpaw's send-off as we walk back toward Atlas Street. We walk in silence as I pretend to smoke my chalky white candy cigarette, mimicking my grandfather who does the same, yet his being the real deal. I hang my head low, candy cigarette teetering on the edge of my lip, brown bag of cards wrinkled to the size of a sandwich baggie in my hand. Thirty years has the tendency to cloud the mind of all the good moments in your life, but it has the ability to make you remember what matters most at the exact time you need to remember it. I had forgotten this day over the years, and how powerful a few simple words could be when you're looking for a purpose in something. For me, life is a little more difficult than that of most, for reasons I won't bore you with. But just trust me when I say, life isn't as hard as my brain wires it to be. I know that. I was just born that way. It's my burden to bear. But with such a burden comes an even tougher burden, the ability to remember a lot. When I first tried to remember my pawpaw, I was dumbfounded. I had nothing. I tried to start with remembering his face. I couldn't. I could only remember his large, horn-rimmed glasses, his hair at different times of the day, his shirts. I could remember his routines, help him with his insulin shot in the morning, his regular breakfast of fat back, eggs, and biscuits, his hours sitting in his spot at the kitchen table, inches away from the air-conditioning window unit, his afternoon naps in his recliner, his palm moss and pouch of red manchu, his constant intake of coffee, our walks to random places and friends I never knew existed before, his black penny loafers with the toes cut out for ventilation, the way his stubble looked like tiny shards of metal as I cleaned out his electric shaver, the smell of his old spice, how he tucked his undershirt into his underwear, the decorative red cast iron rocker he sat in on the front stoop as we played out front by the pussy willows, his hatred for pussy willows and stupidity, his never-ending catalog of stories and songs, how much he loved me like a son, his last words to me. He helped raise me when my parents were barely making ends meet at jobs they hated. He looked after me like a father, and I looked after him during his final battling years of a losing war with his own body. I only knew him for 11 years of my life. That's sometimes all it takes. He helped me learn how to read and count to 100 before I entered kindergarten. He taught me how to enjoy music, the classics, good music. Patsy Cline, Johnny Cash, the godfather of country Hank Williams Sr. How to enjoy nature, a little at a time, but make the time worth it, he'd say. I shake myself out of my clouded mind often by thinking about him. How he, in his underhanded way, helped develop me into the internal thinker that I am today. But the one thing that I can't shake is as I got older and entered into school, our paths were separated. He had to depend on others for help. Oftentimes spending long days alone, sitting in front of that old window unit, or napping his days away. When I did visit, my mind was on video games, cable TV, and being lazy. He would often call to me from the kitchen. I knew he didn't need anything, 
that he just wanted to talk, but something in my body ignored him, pretended that I didn't hear him so I could watch Thriller for the 900th time. What if he did need me? Not to give him his shot or to help him up, but to just be. To just be there, another soul in a cold, humming room. To be his last connection to hold on to. Now I know I was just being a kid. All kids ignore their parents and family. It's a part of growing up. But for many years it's haunted me more than any other thing in my entire life. Not a day goes by that I don't wish I could be called from the kitchen again and to sit down across from the man that has had such an impact on how I think and make decisions, how I tell stories, how I look at family. I was 11 years old when my father was inside of my mom's beauty shop. It was a strange ordeal for that to happen. My mom's shop was at the backside of our house. I lived with her since my parents' messy divorce when I was four or five, so seeing my dad in the afternoon on a weekday, much less in the presence of my mother, was jarring to say the least. I knew something was wrong. Let's take a walk, my father said, tears sitting in his eyes. We walked to the back of the property, out to a deserted tobacco field. We said nothing the whole walk. My father stopped, knelt down on one knee, and looked me in the eyes. Your papa's gone, he said. That's all I heard. My father continued to talk, but I had no idea what he said. I immediately started crying, and as my father held me, I thought about two things. How I ignored my pawpaw only days before, when he called out for me from a spot at the kitchen table. And the last words he said to me as I left later that same evening. I love you, son, he said. I love you, I said. And as I walked with my father toward the door, he called out, be particular out there. I smiled and nodded, and I never saw him again. I'm older. I'm lost. I'm not different than you, nor you more than me. We are all looking for something to call home, or we spend our lives roaming around looking for the home that we somehow lost along the way. We all have a story. We're all in this together. So keep your head up and look at the horizon. Your answer may be there. You may run smack dab into it when you least expect it, or it may be a mirage on that distant point where the sunset meets the horizon, sizzling in and out of vision. But keep your head up. Push forward. The road will never cease, but the path has already been laid. Grab a pair of comfortable shoes. But most importantly, be particular out there.
Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of Be Particular Out There. This is a podcast that brings you readings and conversations from storytellers around the world. I'm your host, Dustin M. Thomas. You guys were just listening to me read from my essay, Be Particular Out There. I dedicate it to my papa, Carson Leo Thomas Jr. I've been wanting to write something for him for many years. He's had such an impact on me as a storyteller and as a mentor. And uh, everything that ever came out of his mouth was a lesson. And it's lessons that I, I continue to carry on to this day. I wanted to read this piece because I wanted to give you an idea of how important Be Particular out there is to me. And how important it is to me to find great stories, storytellers, and bring them to you. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We got lots more coming up for you. So, I'm going to save you a conversation with myself for the next hour and just say thank you guys for listening in. I hope you guys keep coming back and listening. I'm enjoying this, and I hope you are too. If you want to keep listening, head on over to iTunes and subscribe now. You can also subscribe to the podcast at all the other podcast outlets out there in the world. While you're at iTunes or one of these other guys, please take a minute. And if you like what you heard, please leave a review, a good star rating. It helps us get the word out there. Also, if you're out there surfing around, be sure to join us on Twitter and Instagram at B underscore particular and on SoundCloud at Be Particular Out There. You can also find us on our website at BeParticularOutThere.com. If you're a storyteller, I really want to get your story out there to the world and much, much more than that. I want to have a good conversation with you. So if you have a good story or you know someone who does, please send us an email message or you can send us a voice recording, a memo recording to letters at BeParticularOutThere.com. Thank you again for giving me your attention today. I hope you enjoyed my story. I hope it inspires you to go out there and be particular and to keep your head up and look at the horizon and see what's out there, what comes next. Be prepared for anything. I'm your host and producer, Dustin M. Thomas. And until we meet again, be particular out there.